0: morning, if you have your Bibles, if you will go ahead and turn to the book of Hebrews. It's where we will be today. It's, it's always interesting whenever the Lord gives you a word to speak. And then in the middle of that, he drops a bombshell on you that had nothing to do, you thought, with what you were going to speak about, and he just drops it right in the middle of your spirit. I, I, I literally, it, it's rare that it happens this way, but I was typing my notes, and we'll get to this part later on in the message, but whenever God showed me the the crux of this message and tied it to brother bruce's message from last week i literally i just had to stop typing because i started crying and i started speaking in tongues and it just the the presence of god was just so so strong in the room god is speaking to us if we will listen we had a message this morning that brother chris preached an excellent message in sunday school on idolatry and if you weren't here you need to go back and listen to it because it applies to all of us and it was it was tremendous and and I know I've been preaching the last few times that I've been preaching I've preached kind of hard and, and that's not normally my mode of operation I'm not normally a, a hard preacher and, and thankfully the Lord gave me this message this morning this one's not quite as hard as some of my other ones have been but I told brother Chris he was talking on idolatry and, you know, and and on reverencing the Lord and making sure that God is first. And I told him, I said, God, you know, I, I just had in my spirit, I don't really think it was God. I really think it was my flesh. But I told him, I said, you know how whenever you're talking to somebody and you've got something else to say and you open your mouth to speak and they turn away from you and walk off. You're like, I, I, was, I was still talking. I told him, I said, I almost felt like that saying that at the end of first service like God spoke to us in first service and he still got his mouth open so don't leave because second service God's gonna keep speaking and and the point that I'm making here is if there is any service that you have missed since the beginning of the year if you haven't been here because you've been sick or you've been out of town or whatever go back on the Facebook page and watch it because God is speaking to us and you do not want to miss what the Lord is saying So this morning I have come with what I feel is a word from the Lord. Two words, actually. Confirm faith. And with that, God has given me a mandate to confirm your faith, to confirm my faith, and to explain just what that means and why it's so very powerful that God would give this word to us right now so we're gonna hit this in three parts first we're gonna look at faith itself what it is and what it means and we'll spend the majority of our time there then we'll look at the word confirm and what it means and what it is and then we'll put it together in a way that is incredibly awesome I, I was sitting at my desk at work whenever Brother Bruce texted me, and he told me, you know, he was he had he had tested positive for type A flu. He still had symptoms. Chances were I was going to have to preach second service Sunday, and for me to go ahead and be prepared, he was like, "Do you have anything?" Nope. Like, Nope. I have like no sermon notes. Nothing that. Normally, whenever I I hear sermons and I'm listening to sermons, a lot of times it will spark some other thought in my spirit, and I'll go and write it down in the margin of my notebook and nothing. Like there was nothing there. And so I just started praying, sitting right there at my desk at work. I started praying, God, you're going to have to give me something because right now I got nothing. And the last time we did this, I was only about 10 to 12 hours away from preaching whenever I got the notification I was gonna have to speak and I had nothing so this time it was several days before it's like if you could go ahead and give me a word now that would be great instead of me panicking until Saturday and God gave me two words confirm faith and that was it it's like that's great what does it mean God confirm faith yes sir (sighs) And so then I had to go and I had to start digging. So today we're gonna dig together. So first we're gonna look at faith itself. And we're gonna take this study from a foundation up perspective so that nothing is lost and nothing is glossed over because even though a, a large portion of us have grown up in church and in Sunday school and we've heard about faith, that doesn't apply to everybody. And sometimes there are bits and pieces that maybe we have forgotten over the years. And so I'm gonna hit every part of it just to make sure that we all have the same basis of knowledge for what God is gonna build on top of this. And so the most basic question to this message is, what is faith? And the word of God gives us the absolute best definition in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse one. Now, faith is what it is, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It is substance, and it is evidence. It is a noun, a person, place, thing, or idea. It's your part of speech, your English lesson for the day. It is a noun, but it can also be a verb, because sometimes we have to faith it whenever we don't see it. And in this chapter of Paul's message to the Hebrew people, he begins with this statement. And then from here, he begins to share examples to us of faith in action. But before we get to those examples, let's pause and take a moment to dig deeper into the essence of faith itself. Faith is substance and evidence, yet it's not something that we have to come up with ourselves. Thank the Lord. It's not something that originates inside of us or that we create. It is part of the nature of God that he put into us from the very moment of creation. We know this because Romans chapter 12 and verse three says, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. According as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Not to every saved person, not to every person who follows after him, but to every person the measure of faith. So the faith that we have is of God to every man and to every woman. In that verse, the Greek words that are translated to man mean every person and to all people. So we, each and every one of us, have the measure of faith given to us by God himself. Before salvation, he gave you faith. Before forgiveness and mercy, he gave you faith. And what's more, he knows that he gave it to you and that he put it in you, and he expects me to have it and to use it. And we know this. Because we can look in Mark chapter 4 and verse 40, he's speaking to the disciples and he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And then in Luke chapter 8 verse 25, and he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and the water to obey him. Both of these scriptures are from the story where Jesus was asleep in the boat and a storm came up and the storm's rocking the boat and the waves are crashing over the side of the boat and the disciples run to him and they wake him up because he's asleep in the back of the boat. Master, do you not care that we perish? He's like, where's your faith? I gave it to you. You know, the analogy, because God was so bewildered by this, the analogy would be imagine you just got finished getting a small child ready for church or school or to go somewhere. You've gotten all their clothes on, their shoes are on, they're tie- their shoes are tied. You go and get your wallet, your keys, your phone, your purse, whatever. You open the door and you turn around to pick up the child. And when you do, they are down to their underwear. And you look at them bewildered, where are your clothes? What did you do with them? I just put those on you. How- how did you get out of them so fast well that's how Jesus felt when the disciples woke him up in the middle of the storm he's like where is your faith I know it's in there I put it in you when I created you what have you done with it it's the thing that you needed to say I'm okay while the storm's going on how is it that you have no faith how did you lose it so faith is the thing That we use and we hold on to in order that God may accomplish the impossible around us or through us. It is a surety and an assurance that God is in control even if I can't see how or why right now. So let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11. After you get past the first verse where he tells you, what faith is, if you begin to go down the list of verses, verse two onward are examples of faith. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Verse three, through faith. Verse four, by faith Abel. Five, by faith Enoch. Six, but without faith it's impossible to please him. Seven, by faith Noah. Eight, by faith Abraham. Nine, by faith he sojourned in the land of promise. Verse 11, through faith, Sarah. Verse 13, all of these died in faith, not having received a promise, but having seen the promise afar off. And they were persuaded by them and embraced them, even without having it, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. For they that say such things declare plainly, if they're saying, I'm a stranger and pilgrim here, they're saying plainly that. They are not part of this earth, but they seek a country, a better country, a heavenly country that God called them for, and he hath prepared for them a city. Verse 17, by faith Abraham. Verse 20, by faith Isaac. Verse 21, by faith Jacob. 22, by faith Joseph. 23, by faith Moses. 24, by faith Moses. 27, by faith he forsook Egypt. 29, by faith he passed through the Red Sea. 30, by faith the walls of Jericho fell. 31, by faith the harlot Rahab per- Rahab perished not. All of these examples of by faith these people who were broken, who were messed up, who were cowardly, who were sinful, who were not perfect people in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And the last one that he listed here was a prostitute by trade. That was what she did for a living, but she found out about God, and she held fast to God, and God used her faith to change her situation and to change her life. And then we'll start in Hebrews 11 and verse 32. And Paul says, after all these examples, and what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, who was a coward, and Barak, and of Samson, who was a womanizer, and of Jephthah, and of David also, who was a murderer and stole someone's wife after he killed the man, and he lied about it, and Samuel, and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms and wrought righteousness and obtained promises and stopped the mouths of lions quenched the violence of fire escaped the edge of the sword out of weakness were made strong waxed valiant in fight even though they were cowardly turned to flight the armies of the aliens or the outsiders Women received dead, raised to life again. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds of imprisonment, and they were stoned. And they were sawn asunder they were cut in half they were tempted they were slain with the sword they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins goatskins being destitute afflicted and tormented of whom this world is not worthy they wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens of caves and all the earth and all these having obtained a good report through faith received not the promise all these people he talked about are Old Testament they haven't experienced the Holy Ghost they haven't even experienced what it feels like to be forgiven their sins were only rolled back a year God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect and then we get to chapter 12 verse 1 wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He created it, he pinned it, he started it for who the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Understand that everything that he talked about was done with faith by people who were just as broken and messed up as me. And the only difference is they held on to what they could not see and said, even though I don't know how and I don't know where and I don't know when, I'm still going to keep pressing on. And I'm still, that's faith. So with faith, by faith, and through faith, God works His will for this world in us. Because, see, faith isn't just something that God put in you so that there would be a mark inside of you of Him. That's part of the reason. Part of the tug of our souls that longs for Him is that faith that's part of Him that He put in us that longs to trust Him. Longs to trust in something However, we need faith itself in order to believe in God and to trust him. So the pivotal thing that is the bridge between what we know and what we can't see, that thing that connects the two, what we know and what we can't see, and forms the basis of our belief in God, that thing we need, he's already given us. We already have it. He's already put, in, put it inside of us. You have it, I have it. It's part of our essence and part of who we are. But that doesn't mean that it's automatic or that it's easy, ever. It's perfectly fine that faith is sometimes difficult to grasp, use, or hold on to. If you've ever felt that way, guess what? You're human and you're perfectly normal. Mark chapter 9, verses 23 and 24, and Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible unto him that believeth. We love that verse. The one right after it, verse 24, and straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou, you help my unbelief. God tells him that Scripture we love. All things are possible if you can believe. And he immediately responds, help my unbelief. I believe, but it's hard because I can't see how the answer's coming. So help me. So sometimes faith is hard, and that's okay. It's something that we can pray about and we can ask God about. That Father did. We can too. But understand today that you don't have to generate faith. It's already in you, and it connects you to Him. So now we switch gears and talk about the confirm part of this message. First, let's examine what confirm means on the surface. By definition, it means to corroborate, to to substantiate, to verify, to authenticate, to validate, to attest to the truth or validity of something. The word confirm applies implies the removal of doubts by an authoritative statement or an indisputable fact. Confirmed reports corroborate, uh, conf- confirmed the reports corroborate suggests the strengthening of what is already partially established. So where did this, this word come from? Because I'm a word person. The etymology of confirm is thus. The word comes from the Latin con, which means together or all together, and firmare, which means to make firm. Con is still a word that's used, especially in Hispanic stuff. If you've ever had salsa con queso, that means salsa with cheese. Con firm means with firmness, or quite literally to make something all altogether firm. Not only that, but the context goes a little bit deeper. Con is with or together, firmer is strengthen or to make firm. So together to make stronger or to strengthen together. Further to confirm is to use some other knowledge or some other means to do the strengthening. So let me give you an example because that's a whole lot of fiddly bits and if you're an English person you like that and if you're not an English person your eyes just kind of gloss over and go what so here's an example let's say you have a doctor's appointment tomorrow and you know that you have a have the appointment you've written it down you have a reminder set you have it on your calendar whatever is your way but let's say that the appointment was made months and months ago And we have all had appointments or times we were supposed to be somewhere or do something that we showed up and they weren't expecting us. Or somebody wasn't there to meet us that was supposed to. So let's say that this evening, whenever you get home, the doctor's office calls you to confirm the appointment. Now you know that they know. And now you're sure whenever you show up tomorrow, they will be ready for you. Their call was something outside of your own knowledge that added surety in your mind that they would be expecting you when you got there. So something outside of your own knowledge and understanding was used to strengthen what you already knew and what was already established in your own mind. Confirmation is a way of taking a solid foundation and making it even stronger. It is reinforcement. It is bracing. It is extra strength added from the outside to make the inside more sure and solid. So now, let's put these two things together. Faith and confirmation. So God knows that he has put faith in us. When we use it, we confirm to him that we still have what we are given. He doesn't have to ask us, where is it? It is not always easy for us to do, and it does require effort on our part. However, when we use our faith, it reinforces to him that we know where our faith is. He doesn't have to ask like he did with the disciples, where is your faith? We are showing him that we have it by holding on to that substance and evidence of what we hope for but haven't yet seen. And when we hold on to our faith and we see or feel him move, he confirms to us that he is moving upon our faith. The impossible becomes not just possible, but it becomes reality. The storms that should destroy us blow and blow, and we're still here. The mountains that we once felt like we could never get over or past are now in our rearview mirror. His moving and his blessing when we hold on to our faith is his confirmation to us that he will never leave us nor forsake us. So it's a reciprocal ring. Faith is from God to me. It's a loop. It is a circle between us and him as much as a wedding ring symbolizes the unending circle of giving and receiving within marriage between a man and a woman. Here's the awesome thing. He is the bride. uh, He is the groom and we are the bride. Faith is our wedding ring that he gave us. Faith is what he placed on our finger and said, you are mine at the point of creation. Whenever he created man and he knew what his plan was going to be, he gave us faith as a wedding ring said you're mine and whenever you wear it I know that you know that you're mine I know where your faith is because I already placed it on your finger he has given us a ring and pledged himself to us and put his mark of acceptance on our finger this morning he has sent me to speak to you that and that he is confirming to you and to me that your faith is not in vain. You can make it through and you will survive. He is standing with you and he will not let you go. By this word this morning, I speak to you the word of faith in this room. Healing is here. Blessing is here. Strength is here. Deliverance is here. Hope is here. Peace is here. Mercy is here. Grace is here. Forgiveness is here. Salvation is here. Whatever you need in this place, this morning, it is here. Thus saith the word of the Lord, you are mine. That tug that you feel in your heart right now is my reminder to you that I am yours. And you are mine, not just that you are mine, but that I, God, belong to you. I have pledged myself to you. And your faith is something that you can hold on to and say, this is how I know that my God loves me. This is my faith this morning. If you would stand with me. The way we're going to end this service this morning is going to be you and Jesus talking about your faith and allowing Him to confirm your faith and allowing His Spirit to wash over your spirit. It's okay this morning if you don't say anything It's okay if you just sit there and cry. This morning, God wants to wrap His arms around all of us. And God wants to love on us. And God wants to remind us that even though the journey is long and it's hard and we don't understand why X, Y, and Z hasn't happened yet, He knows and He's got it all in the palm of His hand. And He sees you holding on to your faith. And He sees you whenever your hand is on the end of that rope. And you feel like you're just about to fall. But He's not going to let you go. And in just the nick of time, in His perfect timing, He's going to come in and He's going to wrap His arms around you. And He's going to carry you through. You see, with the disciples in the example we used they were fearful and they went and woke him up and he calmed the storm he said peace be still and the storm went away but there was another time whenever Peter walked on the water and he let the storm blow and he went and got Peter Peter walked on the water to him and began to sink and then he grabbed Peter's hand and the Bible says that when they were coming to the ship The wind and the waves stopped. But he grabbed Peter out of that sinking place and they walked back across the water through the storm while it was still blowing before they got back in the boat. And so sometimes God lets the storm blow so that we'll hold on to his hand a little more tightly. But he is always, always going to come through.